welcome to episode 41 of the Adelaide Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and Doc and Adam. In this episode, we discuss some uh, Inhumans news, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur number 28, Lockjaw number one, and the penultimate issue of Black Bull. Hi, guys. Howdy. Hey, right. Everyone. Doing well. Yeah, don't I'm, do that. Very... I'm sticky from oh. spilling soda all over myself. <laughs> sticky from soda. At least it's soda. It's more than... That's true. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's going to be another one of those episodes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's just one of those days. Um, yeah, so, so we had Daniel Kibblesmith last episode. That was... A lot of fun. That was a hell of a lot of fun. That was, that was great. He's terrific. I could he have is. talked to him for another six hours or however long the interview was. <laughs> it was um, funny enough, it was only like an hour long. And it's just kind of... Well, he yeah. was very kind to give us so much time, and I, I really uh, I, I really enjoyed speaking with him. Sounds like yeah. my kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. De- definitely he worthwhile. He's a guy to like kind of, hang out with. Yeah, it'd be definitely cool to try and like get him on when, when the series is finished. Um... Talking of series that are finishing. Uh, yes. <laughs> Black Bolt ends, what is it, April? Last issue in April? Fortunately. Um, which is sad. Yeah, it's going to be very sad. So we were talk- um, but- however, it looks as though there might be some kind of inhuman comic, whether they're involved on the peripheral or starring in it, that's coming out down the line because uh, an artist by the name of Ariel, hit me up. Is it Ariel Olivetti? Olivetti. Olivetti. He's done a lot of work at Marvel for uh, Venom, Space Knight, and Cable, along with um, works at other publishing houses. Really cool work. And um, yeah, he's 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 pretty amazing. He's been posting some images on his Twitter and Instagram that. that are very interesting. A lot of pictures of the Inhumans doing something. We don't know what. Uh, it could be a flashback scene because all of them are wearing their older outfits. Although Gorgon isn't am- amongst them, so that maybe it isn't a flashback. Whatever the case is, I can't wait to find out. Yes, although I would be sad if they reverted them all back to their old looks because I actually was, was digging the new ones for everyone, so... I hope yeah. it's a flashback in I, some ways. I, I don't mind either way. I'm I'm quite happy, but it'd be really good to actually get some confirmation on that because um, I think before we start recording, we kind of suggested it could be Fantastic Four potentially, but you know, I would think Fantastic that's what Four. I'm kind of thinking it is. Or well, there's the Supreme one. Intelligence. Oh, Marvel Two and One is definitely a possibility because in that series, the Thing and Johnny Storm are bouncing around the multiverse and they're going to lots of um, universes that are kind of similar to their Six One Six universe, but slightly different. And this could easily be one of them. Um, also, with uh, with Captain Marvel movie coming out in the not too distant future they might have some like special one shots about the Kree and um whatnot and that could be this could be one of those That's because true. um the the Kree and the inhumans have a very intertwined relationship and it's got that the um universal inhumans in there as well so universal inhumans and the supreme intelligence all of our old favorites so uh i posted 
the picks that have been put up so far on our website, so you can check them out. And as soon as we get any information, any confirmation on what this project is, we'll let you know. Yeah, it really will be good to get some confirmation on that, because I want some more Inhuman stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's Just... a, the decrease. We we were spoiled over the last couple of years, guys, so... <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look back and it's kind of like we've had, like, all of Charles Soule's stuff, Karnak, Mosaic, this Marvel, yeah, you just go through it and it's, it's, it's probably more in the past three years than the past 50, so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Or previous 50, rather. So, An embarrassment of riches. Yeah. It has been. I think we're getting a little bit spoiled now. Maybe maybe they're just taking away our toys. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we're still getting some very quality books, uh, one of which is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, the 28th issue of which just came out a couple weeks back, and it is a wild ride, I tell you what. Yeah. Um, so, Should we uh, jump into it? Let's just jump into it, because uh, Moon Girl's been uh, pretty fantastic. So. <laughs> I see what you did there. I... <laughs> <laughs> that was actually unintentional. <laughs> of course it, it was. It even better in some, <laughs> in some weird way. <laughs> uh, do you, do you well, the, it, the Fantastic Three, and by that I mean Brendan Moncler, Natasha Bustos, and Tamara Bonvillain, joined together to bring us the next installment of the Fantastic Three story arc. Um, and it is going crazy. <clears throat> I, it's hard to kind of say what's going on. What's going on is this terrible force known as Omnipotus, uh, which is kind of like Galactus, but on a on a whole... Like a universe level yeah, scale. Universal like it, scale. It, it consumes entire universes. And it's coming. It's it's like a being of pure antimatter or something to that effect. Uh, and it's going to destroy not only Earth, but all of eternity. Um, the universe, everything's going to get destroyed. Um, and it's exactly the kind of threat that used to be right up the Fantastic Four's alley. Unfortunately, the Fantastic Four are no more. And Moon Girl has had to team up with the remaining members, the Thing, the Human Torch, Herbie, in a desperate e- effort to uh, to repel this oncoming terror. What's revealed in this issue is that this omnipotent creature has been actually beckoned to Earth by the Super Scroll. Uh, the Super Scroll is intent on destroying all of reality as vengeance for the eradication of the Skull Throne World by Galactus. And this is something that happened way back in the 80s, like Fantastic Four 257 or something. He's still angry. Um, <laughs> Moon, dude, Moon Girl, the Torch, and the Thing, they do their th- their best to battle the Super Scroll, but he's a tough customer. And the Fantastic Three don't exactly have their the whole working as a team thing down. Fortunately, uh, the intervention of the Silver Surfer is enough to turn the tide. However, the Super Scroll manages to escape by tripping up Galactus in kind of a Adat Walker style. Uh, um, <laughs> like that really so, old movie. Uh, the Scroll has has a, yeah that really old movie back back in Moon Girl's underground lab. Herbie the robot ex- explains that. Um, the nature of this threat is is uh, initially programmed to 
effect. Um, and that what's happened is the scroll has gathered together these four central components, uh, some gold wiring, some experimental quark particles, yada, yada, yada. And that these four things are actually um, ingredients representative of the four fundamental forces, um, which is real science. Uh, gravity, electromagnetism, the weak force, and the strong force. And somehow the scroll has been able to combine these into some kind of crazy super particle accelerator that has opened a door into uh, the antimatter universe through which Omnipotus can eventually get through. And if he does, it's curtains for everyone. This is all referred to as field theory. And it's kind of neat that, you know, in these comic books, they, they very often, they'll just kind of throw out a lot of baloney uh, science, science terms, you know, like, oh, it's PIM particles doing PIM particle things. But field theory is the real deal. Um, and um, uh, I, I appreciated that, you know, Lunella being the smartest of the smart, it makes sense that, uh, that, that um, the creators of the book should, should you know, bust open a real science book and and uh, get some real science in there. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so what they need to do is find the scroll somehow and prevent him from opening up this doorway. And Lunella seems to understand that in order to succeed, they need a fourth member, someone other than Herbie. <laughs> That, you know, the thing's got the brawn, the human torch has got the moxie, um, Lunella's got the brains, but they're missing that fourth key ingredient, that fourth ingredient <clears throat> that made the Fantastic Four so unstoppable. And she takes down a piece of paper and starts listing off particular names of who who she think might fulfill that role. Not Edward, um, <laughs> I love that. And Eduardo made the list, but I think he gets crossed off pretty soon thereafter. Yeah. She's thinking Karnak or Nova or Riri Williams, you know. But, you know, I, for us readers, I think it's pretty obvious who she needs. Uh, because, you know, the, the Fantastic Four are kind of like, um, they have a field theory of their own. They each um, entail four of the primal forces of family, you know with um, the thing being strength and selflessness and, and the torch, you know, being uh, decisiveness and, and, and bravery and um, Reed Richards being intellect and, and rationality and Sue Storm being emotionality and heart. And that's what they're missing. They're missing heart. And I think who, now, this is just me speculating, but I think who Lunella is going to realize she needs is Devil Dinosaur. Yes. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, um, I kind of wondered if, if that's, that's who she would pick. Because, <laughs> I mean, Devil Dinosaur, he's a big brute. He can't really do much of anything, but he's a lovable guy. And he, he elicits in, in Lunella a kind of maternal instinct that I think will end up being the key decisive factor in turning the tide. So that's where I think things are going. Um, and uh, it's all neat. The art and colors by, by Bustos and Bonvillain are 
as always, just exceptional. You know, we're almost at 30 issues here, and I've run out of adjectives of relaying how awesome I think these two artists are. They're just, they just rock. They really uh, do. I, so perfect <laughs> for this book. It's not even funny. I think, um, I think they've really captured the kind of Jack Kirby uh, sort of style. Um, also, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, it's a, it's it's Jack Kirby. It's a smoother Jack Kirby, a little more um, streamlined, um, <clears throat> like kind of like a kid friendly Jack Kirby. Not that Jack Kirby wasn't kid friendly, but you know, there's. Um, I just try. I'm just looking it, at um, uh, the, the actually looking at Om, Omnip Omnipotentis Omnipotent whatever his name is. Um, that guy. That guy. That guy. <laughs> like the um, that thing. Yeah, the, the the art on that thing. Um, is is very. It, it reminds me of like Infinity Gauntlet and uh, Jim. Is it Jim well, Starlin? If you look, yes. he's got the Infinity symbol on her yeah. chest piece, which is kind of interesting too. Yeah, and it's kind of whoever drew like Infinity Gauntlet, all of Jim Starlin's kind of Thanos stuff. It it just reminds me a lot of that. Um, I can't remember who does a lot. Of, who works with him? I don't know if it's just Jim Starlin himself. <laughs> it could well be. No, but it's really cool character design. I dig it. Yeah, it really is. So the, oh. the, the plot, the plot of the particular issue is a bit exposition heavy, um, but it's understandable since um, uh, Moncler's script is trying to uh, contend. He's covering a lot of ground. He's covering some very heady material and trying to um, relay it in an accessible way that. That you know, advanced theoretical physicists—you don't have to be an advanced theoretical physicist to understand. Um, uh, but the the facial features are just so funny. There's one scene where um, where uh, Lunella is having some sort of temper tantrum, and 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 Silver Surfer looks back to Galactus and is like, "Was I like that when I was a kid?" And Galactus <laughs> is like, "Yes, yes, you were." <laughs> but she is worse. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I do really enjoy this book. It's just, it's just such yeah. a nice break. It's from... a book I look forward to every month. Like, it's just you're like Moon Girl's never gonna let you down. Yeah, you're always guaranteed an enjoyable, an enjoyable story. You know, regardless of yes. what they're covering, it's always gonna be. It just doesn't let you down. It's so consistently good, and um, I think more people need to read it. Keep reading, guys, because it's awesome. Yep. Well, I don't know if we covered this last week. Did we cover this that they're turning her 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 property into a cartoon? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. We we yes. little, yeah, that's uh, good. That's right. Uh, uh, Disney, I think it's Disney XD or or whatever their streaming service is going to be called in the future has optioned uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur for a um, a cartoon animated series. Um, they're doing it in partnership. And I don't remember the name of the company, but it's uh, it's uh, Lawrence Fishburne and his wife have a studio. They produce the TV show Blackish, which is a high quality show. That's and they're going to do, show. and they're going to do, they're going to co-produce this show, which I think is a good sign, mostly because I think it'll uh, ensure that we get high quality art because. Some of the animation on, on uh, for the for the Marvel cartoons of late hasn't really been of my liking. So um, they haven't cast anyone yet, but um, voice, voice actor wise, but um, it's going to be a cartoon, and I think it's going to be great. 
And if any, honestly, and if any of the Marvel comic books were meant for animation, it was it's Moon Girl yeah. because oh my god, forget it, it yeah, it's just fantastic. What a, she's just such a great character. So I'm so glad we have her. Yeah, I'm we, glad we're having her too. And I go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was about to say um, it would be really great if some of these storylines out of the uh, out of the comic books made it to screen. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah. Hey, as long as we get uh, Kid Cree, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> he could be hard, thing... too. He's apparently in love with Lunella. Oh, he does have a little bit of a crush on her. Um, the one thing I'm concerned about, and I think this is, uh, you know, it, will, it won't overall, you know, shift my enjoyment of the cartoon, but it wouldn't be entirely outside of the realm of possibilities that they could just sort of ride out the inhuman aspect of Lunella's origin when telling, when, re, you know, translating her to the cartoon screen. I don't think they would, though. Um, have they done it with Miss Marvel? Uh, no, not so far. Because I know um, she's been showing up in the Avengers show alongside Captain Marvel, so if they haven't, I don't. I don't know if they would do that with Lunella either. I guess it well, depends. I mean, her, her being an Inhuman has, uh, while it had a huge factor into why she tooled around with the Omni Wave projector and ended up with with Devil Dinosaur in the first place, it really hasn't played a, all that pivotal a role in her story. Right. Well, uh, also because her power is, whenever it's a full moon, she switches her mind with Devil Dinosaur. They swap. They swap bodies. So he hasn't been here, so I guess that hasn't really been. A well, thing. realistically, there's only a full moon. What once, sometimes a twice a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Whatever the case is, I can't wait to see this cartoon. I don't know when it's coming out. We'll have uh, further details as soon as they come in. Um, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> Showing off my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. They'll do it Thank right because I don't think Lawrence Fishburne would would let it not be done right. So it depends how involved he is, though. I think he would be pretty involved. You'd hope so. You put your name on on something. Yeah. I think that he's involved. I think he's he's got he you know he's um, very invested in the idea of putting forward a, a you know big time superhero cartoon starring a young black girl i think i think that that is something that um that he would see as important as something he'd like to be involved with something i'd like it's to be also going with. to be an ant-man and the wasp I was so about I'm to wondering ask that. Him, yeah he's, he's gonna, gonna be, be an, bill foster yeah so i'm wondering if maybe that kind of spurred it on that maybe he started doing this marvel movie and was looking more into marvel and they were like hey Here's Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur. Read it, and then he was like, "Hey, let's make this into an animated series because it's awesome." And I wonder if that's and kind hey, of hey, went down. I can't. I can't help but wonder. Maybe he just wants to do whatever he can to distance himself from the Superman movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played Perry White. Oh boy. Okay. Oh, speaking, speaking of, speaking of well, I was about to say, speaking of movies, there is something that we kind of forgot to mention at the, at the start. Infinity What's War, that? Infinity War trailer dropped yesterday. Oh yeah, we'll have to talk about that later. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Let, let's let's leave that for the end because you know. Yeah. So, 
I've uh, been avoiding trailers. I feel like they spoil too much. I want to oh, be no. a little more surprised. You have yeah. to take it all out of context. So, uh, speaking of uh, going back to Daniel Kibblesmith last week, um, we talked about Lockjaw and some of the um, and some of the book, but we never really we didn't really do a review, did we? No. Well, we we covered a, a great deal of it, but for those of you who didn't tune in for that interview, first things first press pause go listen to that interview because he is terrific and fun to listen to uh and then come back to this so this is the first issue of lockjaw first of four and if you ask me it really should be the first of 12 because four issues yeah, right? certainly <laughs> is not going to give a well you never know it. maybe it'll have such a nice response to it that marvel will let him write more issues yeah and maybe they'll bring awesome. back uh like the, the pet avengers I, I would not complain. It sounds like a, quite a few pet Avengers may show up in this series before it's all said and done. Um, it's writer Daniel Kibblesmith, along with artist Carlos Villa, uh, inker Roberto Pigi, Poggi, and colorist Chris O'Hallahan. And they work wonderfully together, giving us this great romp of a, of a first issue. Um, and I want to give particular emphasis to the beginning because there's a lot of like inhuman content to the beginning. Uh, sort of a shout out to royal and human fans because I don't think the, role, the rest of the royal and humans are going to spend play all that big of a role in this tale. But we get to see them at the beginning. It starts off with uh, what appears to be Black Bolt and Medusa in bed. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, well, I don't know. Maybe, perhaps, we've got a little bit of a spoiler for the end of Black Bolt Twelve. Maybe not. Maybe they're just, uh, you know, cuddling. I, think, yeah, I, I didn't know whether. Uh, I, I yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's never good. Do not cuddle with your ex. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I I kind of hope that it's a spoiler for Black Bolt Twelve. I'm actually okay if Black Bolt and Medusa don't get back together, believe it or not. No! No! Don't say that. <laughs> I Mommy said it. And Daddy, it's too why late. Are you <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ahura. Well, they're doing something. Maybe they're just. Work- Maybe they're doing Pilates. I don't know what's going on. FWB. But they're there. Right. And Lockjaw is hanging out with them. Uh, looking out the window, and he smells something, he detects something, he's got preternatural awareness, and he figures out something is wrong, and he needs to to get to work. But instead of teleporting right from there, he does a little run through new Arca... Ar- oh, gosh. Arctillon. 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 Um, and he gets, he pops in on, on Karnak, who's having some breakfast cereal. What kind of cereal is he having? Wonder Puffs. Yeah. Wonder Puffs, sponsored by everyone's least favorite Avenger, Wonder Man. Um, who? <laughs> <laughs> that was intentional. I know who he is. <laughs> then he also runs by Crystal's room where she's reading a bedtime story to um, Luna. To Luna. I can't tell if it's morning or night on Arctil, and I guess it's I'm always moon, night. So you never know. Dark side. And I'm going to uh, say this, I'm still waiting for my Lunella and Luna team up, just saying. 
Just saying. Luna goes. Whatever the case, I am certainly glad to see that Crystal and, and, and Luna are back together because we never got to see them reunite in the pages of Royals. And um, it was really sweet to see her tucking in her daughter because uh, that kid doesn't get enough time with her parents. <clears throat> Seriously. Finally, he teleports off. And the narrative switched back to um, Bushwick. Where uh, Dennis Dumfrey, the sometime hero known as Demolition Man, D-Man for short, Depression Man for not so short, um, is hanging out in his really dank apartment. He's fallen on some hard times. Um, he's lost his superpowers. He's broken up with his boyfriend. His house is a mess. And he finally loses it when he's watching Jeopardy. And one of the clues is actually him. And none of the contestants know know his name. And oh, then no. before they can eat, before Alex Trebek can say what the actual answer is, they go to commercial, and he gets so angry that he punches the TV. But of course, he forgets that he has uh, lost his power. So punching the TV injures his hand, something serious, so much so that he has to go to urgent care and get a stitch or two. As he leaves his apartment, he encounters the lovely, uh, albeit somewhat bigoted, uh, Mrs. Gillespie, who is very intent on on Dennis coming back in time for her dog's birthday. (laughs) She's got this little, cute little bulldog named Bixby, and she claims that it's Bixby's 30th birthday, and he really needs to come back for some cake. And he's um, Now, a bulldog being 30 years old is preposterous. But uh, Dennis assumes that it's just uh, screw loose in this old lady's head. And he's like, all right, yeah, sure, I'll be back for the birthday party. See you later. <laughs> he, goes, he goes to the hospital uh, to get a stitch. His, his sister comes in because he had called her. And she assumed that he was there because he had made a suicide attempt, um, which just makes him feel terrible. Uh, we've officially hit rock bottom. He's definitely a kind of guy who's in need to go on an adventure with a giant teleporting dog. Luck would have it. That's what's (laughs) in the card. Because as he comes home, he sees a giant teleporting bulldog barking at his building. And he's like, hey, hey, big giant dog. I mean, he just assumes it's a regular dog. I don't know why he would, but how can I help you? He knows what people are breeding these days. (laughs) That's true. Goddamn puppy farms. He's a designer dog. They they mixed a horse and a bulldog. I don't want to even picture how that works. Um, in any case, before Dennis can figure out what's what, he gets hit in the head by a flying saucer, very small flying saucer, <laughs> with a hamster in it, piloted by a gerbil. Hamsters. Um, They're evil hamsters. 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 Oh, gerbils. What? Are they not the same thing? No. no. Okay, well, it's a it's a gerbil. It it's a hamster. hamster. It's a hamster. Okay, it's a hamster. So, <laughs> turns out there's a bunch. Whoa, <laughs> there's a bunch of of gerbils in Hamsters. flying saucers, and they're trying to uh, apprehend someone with their flying saucers, um, and um, it's up to D Man and Lockjaw to. Uh, Defend, <laughs> I don't know, fight off these flying saucers. Yeah. Well, with all the commotion going on outside, Mrs. Gillespie and her dog Vixby comes out to try and figure out what kind of gay voodoo is going on. And at this point... <laughs> right. 
<laughs> at this point, uh, the flying saucer hamsters see Bixby being like primary target acquired, must apprehend, um, which drives Lockjaw wild. And he just grabs one and he throws it at another and just starts kicking their butts. And finally, the, the flying saucer hamsters are like, we're out. Escape. Fly away. <laughs> they fly away. And then we get a quiet moment where where um, Lockjaw and Bixby uh, get to sniff each other and give each other a little roof roof. And what becomes what seems clear, it's not it's in, still not overt, but this is Lockjaw's brother. Yeah. Lockjaw's about thirty himself. And if Bixby is indeed thirty and he's special enough that that gerbils and flying saucers are after him. Something strange about this guy, and don't do that, buddy. Cut it out. Okay, fine, do it. Um, <laughs> that um, that Maybe. this is probably his brother. Um, Yay! So one brother safe, one sibling safe. It seems that Lockjaw needs to go look after yet another sibling. So he goes running off, and Dennis is like, "No, wait! I want to help you find your owner." And he grabs him the very moment that he teleports, and the two. Teleport away in this very cool electric blue uh, uh, teleportation wave that I thought was just wonderfully illustrated. Yeah, it's really good. And really good they're album. transported to the Savage Land. Um, for new, readers new to the Marvel Universe, the Savage Land is this weird pocket of warm Jurassic space in the Antarctic where dinosaurs still live. <laughs> Only in awesome. comics, um, and it's it's lorded over by a Tarzan esque guy named Kazar, um, who is basically Tarzan, but he's blonde, um, and he's got a saber toothed tiger named Zabu, who was a member of Pet Avengers, a good friend of Lockjaw's. Yeah, um, and um, they show up soon after Dennis and Lockjaw show up, and they're like, you know. Egads, who have come to the Savage Land. And that's where the issue uh, ends, uh, with the promise of continuation in the next installment. So just an altogether goofy, fun, enjoyable, satisfying read. Definitely recommend it. Yes, definitely. It's a lot like fun book. It's a lot like Miss Marvel in a way, because it's it, it is got quite deep, learnable kind of bits in it. But it is just mm-hmm. so fun. Like hamsters in flying saucers. That's that's exactly what you want from comics, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, like like when you look at all the serious stuff. Like last year, where we had like uh, Secret Empire and that kind of thing, which is actually quite a difficult story. And then you come to the likes of this, which is just like it's just pure fun. So you have these goofball elements, like a giant teleporting dog or, or gerbils in, in flying saucers, and then you juxtapose it to this very serious issue of this, of this character, Dennis, or D-Man, who's going through a really profound depression. Um, you know, depression is, is the worst, and it is uh, such a hard subject matter to tolerate, both in reality and in fiction. If you can kind of make it more palatable by, 
by combining it with these fun, whimsical notions, it, it suddenly becomes something that is uh, much more digestible and much more understandable. And I think it, it shows a great deal of craftsmanship in the way the story is, is done, that, that these two elements gel together rather seamlessly and create something that's both funny and poignant at the same time. Yeah, and um, and who doesn't need a dog in a time like that? I mean, seriously, because because dogs don't care; they just love you anyway. Yeah, and you you step on their paw, you step on the tail, and uh, you know they apologise to you. Stepping on their paw. No, you, you know, accidentally, obviously, you, you've you've probably done it at some point with your cats. Uh, <laughs> stepped on their tail? Yeah, they make me pay for that. Though. Well, yeah, yeah but, I mean, because cats. cats are different to dogs. I mean. No, cats are superior. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it sounds really dumb, but dogs do just make things better. And it's just kind of like, um, I was watching this uh, this video last night, actually, on basically, a, a, I think we called it like the super vet in the UK. I don't know if you guys super get vet. it. Yeah, I don't know if you guys get it in the US. Um but it's 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 kind of like this this vet he goes he has to go through telling the owners that their dog's gonna basically die, which was which is, you know and, and as a dog owner it just makes you feel so crap because you know eventually you know you have to go through that yourself. I mean, animal owners, not just dog owner, and that's that's the wonder of dogs, summed up in less than a minute. All right. On a happier note, I I, uh, I worked at a hospital during my uh, internship where um, the oncology ward had um, therapy pets, and there are these just wonderful, um, you know, brown labs and golden retrievers that were just so well trained. And man, those dogs, they did such wonders. They were just as crucial to the treatment uh, oh, than any drug or anything. I mean. They made, they were awesome, and and, and you know, and during off hours, I got to play with them, and they're so cute. <laughs> but that's that's just speaking of dogs, the healing power yeah. of dogs. Um, there, there we have the one thing about dogs I don't care for. What the All barking. That barking? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Unless, unless there's a hurricane coming, I don't want to hear any barking. I don't care that's, if it's a squirrel true. in the front yard. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, oh, dog. I was about to say the only, the biggest the biggest issue I have with my dog is the fact that if uh, I've I've had to buy a separate post box because he eats mail, and um, yeah. and then a separate parcel box because he eats the mail that contains my comic books. Here, <laughs> like in the in the last week or so, I think I think I mentioned it on the the last episode. I think I've had to spend out an extra like twenty quid just replacing comic books. Oh jeez! In the last few weeks, and um, also, guys, if you've been reading Lockjaw, they want pictures of your dog to put in the letters page. So, uh, I think is it Mondo Marvel or M Heroes that we have that you have to send those to? I can't remember. I think it's M Heroes. M Heroes at Marvel dot com, but I think you can also do Mondo Marvel at Marvel dot com if you want to CC them so you get it to the right place and mark okay to print. Show off your dogs, guys! I want to see everybody's dogs. Yeah, it's M Heroes at Marvel dot com. You think he'd my want a picture dog. of my cat? <laughs> or I sent in a picture of my roommate's dog with his bow tie. As promised. Oh, awesome. So hopefully I'll keep my hopefully eyes. he makes the issue. I need to, uh, I'll send a picture of my dog. You totally should. Yeah. I'll just go to the dog park and snap random photos of other people's dogs. 
So, well, if you didn't get enough Lockjaw in this issue, he does also make an appearance in Black Bolt number eleven, um, because he's a good dog. Um, what a good doggo! But what isn't good is that this is the second to last issue. Oh. Yeah, this series has been so consistently awesome. I. I'm going to have to savor that last issue. I don't want to read it all once. You know, I'm not going to read it in the comic shop. I'm going to go to a quiet room and really take it in, like eating a fine piece of. You know? <laughs> and you're going to get a box of <laughs> tissues, and you're going to sort of like, yeah, just weep. weep yeah, as you... <laughs> weep because it's over. Because let's let's just point out right now, Saladin Ahmed was born to write comics because this whole series proves it. Yep. And, and his, well, he's certainly taken it like a fish to water. That's for sure. I mean, and he, Abbott's not bad yeah, either. Yeah. Abbott is, is, is brilliant. I mean, I, I haven't read issue two yet. And I mean, issue one was fantastic. And I actually, ironically, well, or not ironically, it's actually kind of a similar vein to, um, some of the, you know, not, not so much the, the PI stuff, but it's kind of like the, um, uh, the supernatural kind of bit of it is is similar. Well, I, I um I really liked his novel, um, Th- The Throne of the Crescent Moon, and I've loved Black Bolt. I liked Abbott. I'm really looking forward to his uh, run Exiles? on Quicksilver. Oh, and, and oh, Exiles. is he doing Exiles? And he, Exiles? Hell yeah! With Javier he's Rodriguez, doing... so you know that's going to be an insane book. Well, let's talk about this one. All <laughs> yes. right, so. <laughs> It is, shit's gone nasty, okay? Craziness has ensued. What happened is that Lash had some harebrained scheme that he could turn Black Bolt's blood into this weaponized Terrigen bomb and create a new Terrigen cloud to create new Inhumans. I, I don't know if Lash that's going to work. didn't that want was, more Inhumans. That happened on, well, he changed his mind because he realized how, how um, difficult it's going to be to subjugate humans, so he needs as many soldiers as he can find. Um, he should just form an so. alliance with the X-Men, surely, because they're, they're basically the same, right? Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Let's carry with the so review. He, ab- <laughs> he, 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 abduct, he abducted Blinky, thinking that he could get Black Bolt to do whatever he wanted, and it turns out that he was right. Blinky sees Black Bolt about to die, and, it, and it, it's so traumatic for her that something kind of snaps, and this small remnant of the jailer's psyche that had sort of uh, whittled its way and, 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 and sort of stowed away in her mind uh, gains power. And it takes over her, her body, and it takes over her ability to create tangible illusions and suddenly she changes into the monstrous looming figure of the jailer um and it's like oh my god um yeah now (laughs) the jailer himself is this ancient and human who's a kind of a psychic vampire who feeds in the thoughts and emotions of his former prisoners um and he's hungry and the first things he does is he grabs one of Lash's minions, this guy named Jack Chains, and just eats him. He, like, sucks <laughs> all of the energy out of him and leaves behind nothing more but a sort of a burnt husk. It's uh, pretty creepy. Lash is like, finally, I'm going to fight this guy. He looks like someone I could fight. But nope, two seconds in, Lash himself is destroyed. Uh, 
Titania's like, hey, I know that guy. She she's seen uh, him in the projective images that that Blinky shared with her about the noble sacrifice that her husband, the Absorbing Man, had had, had committed to help them escape. And she's like, I'm gonna kick his ass. But Black Bolt's like, no, you'll die if you do that. So Black Bolt grabs her and flies away. She's pissed. Uh, yeah. He deposits, he deposits her far off, and then returns to go try and take on the jailer himself and somehow hope against hope figure out a way to save Blinky. Um, and it's probably not going to go so well for him. Fortunately, Titania, she's like, she she thinks better. She's like, all right, no, going up against this monster one-on-one is just not the right idea. I need a crew. I need I need teammates. So she encounters a couple of Lash's fleeing minions, um, an inhuman named Sheath, and another purple nurple fuzzy guy. We recently found out is named Furball, <laughs> um, because Rich Johnson from Bleeding Cool was like, uh, was like, "That's my favorite character, and he doesn't have a name. What's what's the deal?" And he he uh, tweeted uh, Saladin Ahmed and said, uh, "Saladin Ahmed," and said, "What's that guy's name?" And uh, Mr. Ahmed responded. He said, "His name's Furball," <laughs> <laughs> which I love. So, Titania, Furball, and Sheath pile into Black Bolt's flying car and head back to the states. What Titania wants to do is she wants to gather together her old buddies amongst the wrecking crew, uh, whereas Furball just wants to be dropped up, dropped off somewhere <laughs> in Connecticut because he wants to go home. Um, <laughs> And right in the middle of, of them, you know, passing over the Atlantic or whatever, Lockjaw pops into the cockpit, um, and because he's such a good dog, and he he, he uh, teleports away, taking Titania with him. All right, now the narrative switches to what we assume at first is the astral plane, where where Blinky's psyche has been sort of sequestered. Uh, she has some inclination about what's going on, and she's very afraid. Um, and this sort of black tentacle ooze is trying to get her, and she's and, and she's very scared, and it, and it wraps up her body, and she feels like she's about to be destroyed. And then suddenly, a presence appear and frees her, and we're like, "Who's this? Who's this?" And then it turns out to be Ahura. Uh, this is Black Bolt's son who, through Terragenesis, has been endowed with some rather impressive psychic abilities of his own. And he's like, why have you, why have you beckoned me here? What's, what are you up to? And she's like, I didn't do it. I think your father called for you. And he's like, no, that's impossible. My father could never ask for help. Um, and the two of them kind of have it out, but then um, Ahura kind of, realizes that he's being a dick and he apologizes and he says that he was sorry that he was such a meanie to her when they first met and that clearly he was a bit jealous because his father had been such a lousy dad to him growing up and it kind of hurt his feelings to see him show up with another kid and somehow like try and be a father all over again um but they realize they have to team up to help Black Bolt because he's in some serious pro- He's in some serious trouble because outside in the real world, Black Bolt is fighting the Jailer and it's not going so well. They um, 
Blinky and Ahura, they kind of traverse through this weird astral plane, and it starts to become evident that maybe they're not in the astral plane. Maybe they're in something else, because they can see parts of the jail where Blinky and Black Bolt were incarcerated, and they turn a corner, and suddenly they see a scene from old Adelan of uh, King Aegon and, and Queen Rinda uh, performing barbaric experiments on their infant child. Um, and when you see who the child is, it's actually Black Bolt. And here, I think it's what's what we're meant to believe is that, that where these two are is actually inside of Black Bolt's psyche, um, re- remembering his memories and um, all that. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, elsewhere, Lockjaw has not teleported. Uh, Titania to to New York to gather up the wrecking crew. Instead, he's taking her. He's taken her back to the cemetery where Crusher Creel, her husband, had been buried, or at least his uh, his wrecking ball had been buried. And Titania's like, "Why have you brought me here? Why? What are you doing, you dumb dog?" Um, and uh, Lockjaw leads her to the grave. And she's just totally upset. And then all of a sudden, the, the ground starts to stir, and a hand um, comes up. That's not and... freaky at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, what first seems to be horrific actually turns out to be something pretty awesome. Yeah. Because uh, Creel himself emerges from the ground. Um, he's not dead. And he's like, he sees his wife, and he's like, hey, babe, what have I missed? Um <laughs> And um, he's back, which is awesome. I mean, yeah. this, he, had, uh, he had like the best arc in that first that first storyline. Yeah, that first. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, who who knows exactly how he's come back? Although he's come back in this exact same way on a on, on a number of occasions. He he died in in issues of Thor and issues of uh, Avengers in the past, and he always managed to re collect his molecules and, and, and recollect himself and come back to life so it's it's not a complete cheat um i would guess that if 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 this series had more issues to it if, if you know if it was going to be 20 issues long or 30 that that uh, ahmed and ward might have waited a bit before bringing back creel but I don't care. It's cool. I'm glad to have him back. I'll say this. Yeah, um, me too. And I'll say this. This series, like, at Ti- Titania was not a character I was familiar with, but this series made me really like her. <laughs> I guess uh, that's, that's been the case with everyone who's joined into this book. I, I didn't have two cares about any of these characters other than Black Bolt before this series started. Now I'm totally into Maul. I'm like, I'm into the Metal Master. I don't know who the Metal Master is, but he's cool. <laughs> yeah, let's go get some books on the Metal Master. You get like four books. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the only the, the biggest, I think, the worst thing about that page, um, just to just put a downer on everything, is those three words in the bottom right of the book. Yeah. To be concluded. To be concluded. Yeah. Like, yeah. But notice, do you notice how he's got like a sparkly thing on his hand? Like, I guess that's like his self reforming or something in the artwork. Because once again, Christian Ward blows me away with his artwork. Yeah. And he like, there's like this little like starry dust thing on Crusher Creel's fist. But then the look on Crusher's face, like just looking at Ty- Titania, that's just awesome. It's all in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 this is hand drawn stuff. 
that's what blows well, me away more than anything. It's just, it, yeah. He's probably modelled it. He might have modelled it on something, but I don't know. It's just insane. Yeah. I mean, my my understanding is that he that the his body is taken is is somehow has the properties of his ball and chain, so he's metallic um, to some degree, and maybe that's why he's gleaming like that. But I don't know what's going on. In any case, I'm glad he's back, and that he and Titania will probably make it to. Greenland in time to to help Black Bolt, Blinky, and Ahura save the day, and and hopefully they all get a good, nice, happy ending. Um, I sure hope. Oh, and Medusa will be there too. Yes, <laughs> judging yep. by the preview for next week or next month, rather. Oh man, I'm going to be sad to see this one go. Yeah, I am too, and I think it's it. We might as well just have an episode specifically just for episode twelve. I mean, uh, issue twelve, rather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to kind you of might, you cry just, about. You have it. to. That'd you know, great. I was thinking about why. I mean, I was so happy that that um, that Ahmed and Ward chose to bring in Ahura because I felt like his absence has been kind of odd so far right. because a story that's so much about this man's redemption really has to involve his son, his son who he's been neglectful for, towards for so long. And um, I think it's actually going to be kind of a neat deal and how it ends up working because like if the jailer feeds off of negative emotionality if suffering and pain is his food then it stands to the reason that like positive emotion relief and gladness and love that could be like his like you know sunlight to a vampire uh, that 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 if 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 um if ahura and black bolt could come to some sort of reconciliation some sort of mutual forgiveness if 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 ahura can see what his father went through as a baby and through childhood and understand the reason why he was so withholding is because he was trained to be that way that if he ever made a sound inadvertently if he ever um spoke with his heart then then the whole surroundings would be destroyed because of his power now if he could understand that and forgive him and love him that could create this sort of swell of of positive emotion that could be more than enough to completely purge the jailer and i mean that's a good theory i like that yeah i like it as well i mean it's a very cliched one but (laughs) no i don't think it is at all i think that's really cool actually yeah, so because I'm hoping that's the way it goes. I, I mean, think it's it's the power granted, of love in comics. <laughs> well, those themes are cliche because they're universal. Uh, true. Yeah, I, I didn't mean cliched as a bad thing. Um, it, it, that would be the nicest way to end it. I think I, I completely agree. It'd be nice. Yes, and let's not forget about man Christian Ward's illustration. Those scenes inside of the the psychic realm. They're so neat. I mean, there's, it's the kind of like... It's like just those crazy colors. Color. It's like Windsor McKay meets uh, M.C. Escher with a little bit of Kirby dashed in there. It's just this... I, I will be very floored if this book is not nominated for an Eisner. Just yeah. saying. I, I think Christian Ward needs to get more um, cosmic level books. In, in you know, that's the one thing I've been keeping my eye out is I've been watching the uh, the 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 ads for Marvel New Wave or whatever the Fresh Start. Fresh Start is 
you know, I haven't seen Christian Ward assigned to any books yet. No, I think he's doing a, a book for another developer next or another publisher next. Actually, I can't remember. I'm but it's another. Out. It's another. It seems like it's going to be another cosmic because he's just incredibly good at that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I know you shouldn't sort of tie someone down to one particular niche, but he just does it so well. Like he really does. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. A, again, another person that that would be great to have back on the show because he's he's such a nice guy as well. Um, oh yeah, what an super awesome guy! Yeah, we, we, we just played for hours, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Man, his buddy, his buddy Thor should be should be in the back pages of Lockjaw. <laughs> yeah, I would love Christian Ward on a Thor book. Yeah, uh, uh, but no, I'm talking about his, his dog's name is. Oh, uh, I'm uh, sure yeah. Thor will be there. But I'm no, sure I, I agree too. I think Thor is the one that comes to mind when um, I think of Christian Ward and what he should be doing because it matches that kind of. You know, when or you, Doctor Strange. Well, Doctor Strange, but I think Thor particularly, particularly after Ragnarok as well, um, where Ragnarok was very colourful, very in-your-face, very kind oh, of... Oh, the movie? Yeah, the movie, yeah. And it, 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 that kind of matches the, the, uh, the kind of thematic that, that Black Bolt has had. Very spacey, very cosmic, but very in-your-face, very, very good, very visual. I, I just think he would be amazing at some sort of Thor book. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, I'll be checking it out because it's a treat to look at his art. That's for sure. Even if it's like a, a Return to Odyssey, which I feel like is a, yeah. a book that could easily continue, I'd read that. I think it is. Um, I think um, Matt Fraction's um, basically just taking a break to do other stuff for a while. I think it's, it, yeah. there's definitely a volume three down the ways. I would hope so. Yeah, Odyssey is so pretty. Alrighty, guys. Well. So we got next. Well, I mean, if, I, yeah, this be. I was say this will be. Uh, as 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 this airs, uh, the newest issue of Miss Mar- Miss Marvel will be on the stands. Definitely picked it up. That arc, uh, Teenage Wasteland, has been a blast, and um, I've really enjoyed that. So be sure to check that out. Infinity yes. War. <laughs> Sorry, I, I look, man. The Infinity War. It's not coming out for, until the spring, right? It's coming out next yeah, month. You month. Really next month. Holy shit. Yep. All right, tell us about the preview, buddy. It it was insane, guys. Come on. It was really good. Like, you, Doc, if you haven't seen that trailer, it's probably one of the best trailers I've ever seen. And it has become the number one uh, movie in pre-ticket sales, like in like within six hours. Six hours, like, yeah. Yeah, like Black Panther was number one, and it just like... Blew all the other movies out of the water with how quickly those pre-ticket sales went in. Like, like this is this is like ten years of our lives. <laughs> you know, when when Iron Man came out, I was fifteen, and it uh, it's just Infinity War just feels like it's it's got all of the you know all everything's coming into place to just make it the best movie that Marvel have ever done, and I absolutely cannot uh, wait. In my opinion, anyway. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, hang on. Yeah. I was about to say, what, what do you think your, uh, what's your favorite movie then, Doc? Oh, I don't know my favorite movie. I'm just saying that the last time I got that excited for a movie it was The Phantom Menace, and I was devastated by how up, not up to par it was. <laughs> yeah, but, then, but, but Marvel have got this amazing ability of, like, Put it this way. Hey, Mar- I'm, I'm hoping for the best. As, as I say, Marvel I'm could polish, polish a turd and it would get a billion dollars. So, <laughs> you know. 
I, I think um, <laughs> I, I, I'm so it didn't work out so well for the Inhumans, but no. Um, but then again, that's that's TV. That's different. I think every single movie, every single movie they've done, has been brilliant. Um, there's a, a few in there that I think never lived up to the Dark hype. world. That was rough. That was it. Was okay. It wasn't. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Infinity War too. I. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm glad that Black Panther's going to be in it, and Bucky is going to be in it, and, and War Machine looks like he's back on his feet, literally. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Thanos is very in Very exciting it. stuff. Uh, <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, I, I just, I'm still going back through, uh, I've come up to Ant-Man, and, uh, Ant-Man on my list of movies to watch. Oh, Ant Man's a lot of fun. Ah, yeah. You need to watch Ant Man. That that oh, I've, that's seen, I've just seen it. I've seen it before. Fun movie. But it's okay, it's uh, just yeah. um, on my list of of rewatching before I go and see. Here's the, here. I read this somewhere else, and it was just such a fantastic idea that before um, that before Infinity War begins, the whole movie should start with a recap of everything that's happened beforehand, and it should all be narrated by Michael Pena's character from Ant Man. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> that hey, would man. be awesome. Oh my god. That would be that would be awesome. No, I but you know you AMC, in, in uh <laughs> in AMC, the AMC uh theaters here in the states, they're going to do a 31 mar- a 31 hour Marvel movie marathon. <laughs> I hate to think how much that costs. God, it would be so awesome. I would miss two days of work, but it would be worth it. Oh, I've taken I've 31 taken, days. I've taken the I have a headache off. the size of Nebraska. I've taken the week. Don't forget off your of, adult uh, diapers. <laughs> well, right? Yeah. I've taken the well, week. Well, no. Here's what ha- This is how. You, this is how you would watch it. You would watch all the movies. Then Thor: The Dark World comes. You take a nap. You watch <laughs> a couple more movies, and then. <laughs> if you say don't watch Iron Man three, I'm going to be extremely oh, disappointed no, you a- in you. I, you absolutely have to watch Iron Man three. Exactly. That's uh, yep. You can snooze no, a little you, bit in Iron Man two. You I can suppose. snooze through the Hulk. You can snooze yep. through the second Thor, and you could probably. Depending on how much of a fan of Black Widow you are, you could probably snooze through um, Age of Ultron. No, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say Iron Man too. Uh, no, she has the best scenes in Iron Man too. Just make sure you wake up during those scenes. And also, Sam Rockwell kicks butt in that he, movie. Yeah, I'd say he's like he's like the the most underrated villain of the MCU. You can sleep through the stuff with Mickey Rourke or whatever. That guy's a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got. All right, got, so got, I'm gonna I'm gonna log off and watch this preview. <laughs> yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the week off for Infinity War, so I'm I'm and super happy. You guys can always uh, tweet us on Twitter, visit our website adelanderising.com, and we will see you next time. And email us right. the show at adelanderising.com. And bye, bye. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>